Hi, Julian Pizzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Hi, fam. Happy Thursday. Surprise Thursday Oh, day. surprise Thursday. We got some men for you. Oh, do we ever. <laughs> lubed up, greased up. What do you Ugh. call the, the business in the front working the Mullet. Yeah, the mullet. The mullet. Tom Selleck mustache <laughs> having gyrating men. Fam, we're releasing episode one of our coverage on Patreon of Chippendales. Look, this series is amazing. We loved it so much. It's three episodes. You can get them all ad-free, available right now on the Patreon. The thing I wanted to say about this, it's not just about the sexy men. This is like a murder mystery. There's like a murder at the center of and this. And like a really corrupt corporation yeah. where it's like, you know, bachelorettes just wanted to grind on I these know. men. <laughs> Why can't we have anything? Can we have anything fun? The answer is no. So head on over to the Patreon if you want to hear the rest of this series. It's where you can find all of our episode-by-episode episode coverage. We're talking Tiger King, yep. The Jinx, Lorena, The Disappears of Madeline McCann, All Be Gone in the Dark, The Gacy Thing on Peacock. Yeah. What else? Oh, God. Now Me you're putting Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, the Eric Tells All, Menendez, Murder Among the Mormons. Yes. There's two. Okay, great. Why can't I think of anything? You're putting me on the spot. Oh, my God. Men. It's over 350 ad-free, full bonus episodes. Download a binge right this second. If that's for you, great. If not, enjoy this episode of Chippendales. It's yeah. really funny. We loved this series. It was um, Discovery Plus. You did good. You yeah, did Discovery good, Plus is great. We love you, you Discovery good, Plus. <laughs> All right, we'll see you on the other side. We'll say a quick goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, I mean, goodbye. not yet, but we'll see you later. Okay, okay bye. <laughs> to quote the timeless, irreverent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, groundbreaking film, uh-huh. Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your butts, figuratively, literally. Samuel Jackson is here with a cigarette out of his mouth. Yep. Hold on to your goddamn butts in every way. There's a lot of butts, a lot of holding, There's so many butts, a lot of like tongues on faces. Yeah. We are total. We are not in Peoria anymore. We are in fucking Chippendales. Hello, Patrick Hines. Oh my God, I'm so excited to objectify some men. What are we talking about today? Curse of the Chippendales. The first episode is very appropriately called Take It Off. There's a lot of chirping about Chippendales. It's a nightclub designed to delight women featuring male performers. The guys are finally doing what women have been doing for years. Which is what? Taking it off. Here they are, the most exciting guys in America. The Chippendales. Then all that changed. It became more of a wild ride in paranoia land. It was just getting darker and weirder. All of a sudden, I started losing the real person and becoming the stage person. The explosive allegations of murder for hire now have investigators digging into an old unsolved case back in New York. Were you in the house when the bodies were discovered? Yes. You were? Yes. As we dug deeper and deeper into this case, what we uncovered was one of the most bizarre murder and murder-for-hire plots in the history of the FBI. Save the mullets. These guys are really sexy. They don't do all that much for me. No. If I'm being totally honest. I like the vibe of, like, perform for us for once. Like, I get yep, that yep, whole yep. thing, but there's something about, like, the Tom Selleck vibe. Is, it's, it's, not very, it's not for me. It's very... That part of it is not really for me. Much. I just like that we get to objectify some men today. I'm excited about for that. For once. I know. Also, we never do that on this podcast. <laughs> I learned in this episode that it's Chip and Dale, not Chip and Dale. <laughs> Like the Disney character. When I Googled Chip and Dale documentary this morning, Disney shit came. Chip and Dale. Yeah. Adorable. 
No, it's very much not that. No. This is not for children. No, no. <laughs> All right, we're in L.A. It's 1982. It's ladies' night, friends. Lots of dancing, lots of humping, lots of making out. There's like a lot going on visually. Well, I do love it when you say humping. It feels... Right. Right. Yeah, it does, because do. it's very... You know, sexing can be... Yeah. But humping is really the movement. I just did it. I just did uh, air did. <laughs> You that. thrusted. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. Remember the expression dry humping? That see that I don't care for. <laughs> Those words. Because it feels I know. Uh, painful. The dryness. The dry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We don't have to get into it. They, they're greased up here. For yeah. Jesus. So you guys, we meet this woman, Nancy. Chippendales was our place. You felt free. You felt free to just be who you want to be. It was like living in a fantasy for one night. Yeah, she was a regular. She's had some work done, Nancy. <laughs> Which, by the way, is fine. Get all right. the work done that get you want to get done. But, like, you at some point do stop looking like a person. You just don't look like what you used to look like. Yeah. Which, for yes. many people, is exactly the point. But we see Total. a lot of I'll photos. I'll take a little of that. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, right? A little under the eye filler, <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, Nancy was a regular. And she's like, it was our place. We it was felt our place. Free. It was like living in a fantasy world. We're going to meet a whole bunch of people. They all come back. They're all important. Well, because then next we meet Michael, who was a former Chippendale dancer. He's still fucking hot, this guy. He's got to be in his 50s. He's like the guy. So this is a a podcast I listen to, the Chippendales, the Welcome to Your Fantasy. Oh. He's like the star. (gasps) Is he the Sarah Edmondson? (laughs) He's not. Because we kind of like Michael. I love Michael. Yeah, so he's like... At Chippendales, you know, I'm untamed. I'm wild. I'm I'm lustful. I'm I'm all the things that I want to be. There's a lot of, like, all of these men saying that being a Chippendale, like, fed them in a way that they've never been fed before. And nobody more than Michael. We'll get there later, but, like, Michael needed this. Needed it. Also, like, Roger, a former dancer. Not I as could hot be... as Michael is, currently. <laughs> Roger's more than me. He was like, I wanted to be a sex symbol, and goddammit, I got to be one of Chippendales. Chippendales right now seems like everyone's fantasy was being fulfilled. The men, the women, like, yes. it was giving everybody everything they ever dreamed of. And we'll get more into it, but, like, this thing didn't exist, like, Men dancing for women was not a thing. No. Like, men stripping was not new, but men stripping for women was very new. Like, <laughs> for women who are foaming at the mouth, rabid, that never was a thing. And we meet their lawyer, Bruce. Oh, my God, Bruce. Bruce the lawyer. He never has anything happy to say, this guy. <laughs> I mean, men strip in front of women. I thought it was the stupidest idea I've ever heard. But I had no conception of what women want. But Bruce owns his shit. Like, there's a lot of things where he was like, I totally disagreed. I was wrong. That's why I'm a lawyer. I'm not creative. I'm the lawyer. And he says that. He's like, I was not the smartest guy in the room. But he just wasn't, like, creative. Right. He wasn't, like, part of the creative team. He was just like, I was supposed to look over the paperwork, which I hardly did. I will also say, though, we do see, like, a publicity shot of Bruce, the lawyer. the leather? (laughs) With the motorcycle and the hot girl. What? (laughs) He's, like, smoking a cigarette. Like, what was he out on the, in the, the, what do they call it, the show card thing outside? Bruce, you you could have been a dancer. I want to watch that. Bruce is like, no, please. No, thank you. (laughs) So let's go all the way back to 1975. Oh, my God. Roger gets his start at Chippendales. He just turned 18. I got a fake ID. I started going out, dancing in various clubs around town, mainly in Beverly Hills, when disco dancing was at its peak. At the height of disco, this guy just wanted to put on his fucking, what's that word? For the kind of suit? Polyester suit? Oh, I was going to say like jumpsuit, leisure suit, polyester. He just wanted to go get his John Travolta on. Like a bright orange polyester suit. Like the 
hair sticking out of the chest. Ugh. These guys like celebrate their body hair. And as a person who has a lot of body hair, men have some self-respect. But please. they celebrate it in certain ways. And then they're completely like smooth and greased up. And other- Pick a lane. I know. So we get 10 minutes about how disco was king. And the 70s were very, 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 very sexual. Sandra is a former Playboy playmate. She literally, she basically says, Everybody was flirting with everybody. Everybody was sleeping with everybody. I don't know how anything ever got done. <laughs> Listen, I literally made the note. Number one, Sandra is gorgeous. gorgeous. She's got to be in her 70s. She's still fucking beautiful. Gorgeous. And I said, with all of the drugs and all of the sex and all of the serial killers, how did anybody survive California in the 70s? Sandra has no idea. Sandra has the <laughs> same question. But she's, she actually says, like, I don't know how we did anything. All we were doing was having sex. It's Constantly. like Sandra, not everybody. Just like Sandra and the 10s. Like, that's the name of her band. Oh, yeah, sure. Just like her pack of girlfriends were all 10s. Oh, we see them later. I know. Like, Sandra, the 70s weren't the same for everybody else as they were for But they do say, like, it was universal because the pill was invented. Uh, They say we didn't know about AIDS yet. Like, it was kind of a free for all. Bruce the lawyer says that. And I was like, that was enlightened of him to make that point about AIDS. Right. Everyone was like, we get it. You were having unprotected sex endlessly. (laughs) And women were feeling very empowered, which is the most important point. They were stepping in and they were owning their sexuality. And, like, these people loved dancing and they loved humping. It was dancing and humping. They loved dancing and they loved humping. And there was a place called Destiny 2, which was like the disco club. Or in Beverly Hills, that was open till four. It was the only place open till four. You get the sense that it was supposed to be the Studio Fifty Four yeah, of the yeah, West yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't because there was only one. But and you if know. you are ever wondering what city is cooler, New York or LA, like which city is open till four? Like I'm sorry, LA, but if you don't have an after hours spot, you're not doing it right. Totally. <laughs> Remind me to never let Daisy leave the house when she's a teenager. She'll be with me. She'll be fine. Totally. <laughs> <clears throat> Daisy, call me. So, <laughs> lawyer Bruce lived two blocks away from Destiny Two. I was 24 years old. And I was studying for the bar exam in California. Going to Destiny 2 as often as I did, I got to know the club's owner, Steve Banerjee. What a drip. I feel like he wasn't dancing at all. I feel like he came in and ordered drinks and just stood at the bar. Well, what he did was he made friends with the only adult in the room. (laughs) He made friends with the club's owner. Steve. Steve Banerjee. And he's like, well-dressed. Everyone talks about how he had a stutter. I don't appreciate how they discuss his stutter. What they're trying to say is that Steve was an insecure guy. And he sort of let his stutter make him feel insecure. But, like, I don't really like how they talk about it. And it's interesting, too, because Steve, like, didn't need to be the star of the show. He, like, was not American. And he, like, had this American dream. We're going to find out that he, like, did really fucking well for himself. And it's like, I think that he was just, like, the nice, quiet guy. Yeah, he There's was, nothing wrong with that. Right. He was, like, until there is. Right. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah. It's called Curse of the Chippendales. It's not like, how much fun did we have at Chippendales? Let, let us count the ways. I stand corrected. Stand, yeah. So he's from India. He was super nice, quiet, focused on his business. He really wanted Destiny 2 to be massive. And yeah. Bruce, he and Bruce became friends. And then suddenly Bruce is like, I passed the bar and I just instantly became his lawyer. Which everybody needs one of those. Yeah. The thing about Destiny 2 was that it was either totally packed or totally empty. Uh-huh. And so they were coming up with new ideas to get people in there. Like what, GP? <laughs> like... <laughs> female mud wrestling <laughs> and there's video to prove it we have stock footage of the ladies mud wrestling yeah. at destiny 2 what is going on over there and bruce is like it was popular but it didn't have that pizzazz it didn't have that special something i'm like no no it didn't let me tell you a story really quickly i met a lady who's on the patreon who is an another adoptive parent Ooh. they live in brooklyn her daughter's like 11 now and she was telling me that her daughter does roller derby oh. and she's really into it and i was like i think daisy would fucking love that yes is I that did... cool or not cool fucking cool. Yeah, okay. She's got to listen to like Slater Kinney though. She's got to listen to like old like badass punk female led bands from the 90s. You guys get into the Facebook group. Tell me if you think Daisy should do roller derby. But like 11. I mean there's 
be a lot of yeah. kid, those women are badass. I know. Kicking but do the they beat each other up? I don't know. I don't think they beat. But it's all about like checking. It's like oh, hockey. Like shit. you know, you know, how, like the fighting is encouraged <laughs> yeah, in hockey, totally. and there are like rules about the fighting. Uh-huh. I, if I, I will be corrected. <laughs> but I, the roller derby is like tough. You have yeah. to be like a tough. I mean, have you ever met a tougher kid than Daisy? No. <laughs> No, no, sir. No, ma'am. Uh, so they won, but they were like, ah, the mud wrestling was great, but it didn't make us a destination place. Exactly. But we loved it. But we loved but it. But we fucking we loved, loved it. it. Um, enter Paul Snyder. Paul was from Canada, and he was trying to make a name for himself as promoter in L.A., but to me, he was a grifter coming up with one idea or another con to make money. You guys, we'll get more into Paul Snyder later, but like fucking Bruce really fucking hates this. And he's guy. like, is it clear? He's like, can you tell how much I hated him as a oh coming through? God. And he's not yelling about it. He's just like, let me tell you about Paul. Yeah. Paul is the type of guy you need a shower after you talk to him. He's a grifter, he's a scammer. And I'm like, I know. So far, Bruce is the person I'm getting along with the best. Here. I know. And I was saying, like, look, I have heard this name before. Did you not know his name? I just want to know how you his girlfriend. So like there's a movie called Star 80 about his oh. girlfriend Dorothy Strong. Stratton, oh, who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get into her story and yeah. everything. But I was like, wait, this is a well-known story, this part of it. Right. So to be fair, Paul Snyder came up with the male strippers. And yes. this is where Bruce is like, I thought it was stupid, but it wasn't stupid. And I'm owning that I was wrong. My only question here is that Paul had been to a gay strip bar in Canada when he was like, let's do this, but for women. Paul, what were you doing at the gay bar, girl? Maybe being a supportive friend. Totally. I hate Paul, so I'm I not going to give him the benefit of any doubt. Also, what's so bad about being in a gay bar? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Look, I don't like I'm you. I'm in full support of it. I'm just saying, Paul, I got some questions. Yeah, well, Paul sucks. Paul sucks. Um, so they start doing these male strip nights. There was no choreography. There was no script. But the women were there. You know, it was all experimental art. Also, like, Paul was the only one who believed in it. Bruce, Steve, everyone was like, eh, we'll give it a try. Doesn't seem like it's going to be that great. And it kind of blows up. Yeah, it was like opening night was like more than half full. And like, the everyone was like really super fucking into it. So then it's like the crowds are coming and they, yeah. they're like, all right, we kind of have to refine this. We kind of have to have, if we're going to do a show, let's do a show, right? So they want to refurbish the club. They Did wanna... I mention we're going to Broadway? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if we're going to do a show, let's do a show, GP. I think we've, <laughs> we've both said that to each other on multiple occasions. <laughs> No. We're going to do it. Let's do Let's it. Let's do a fucking show. I want that playbill. So <laughs> so they want to refurbish the club and change the name. So Steve Banerjee, that, the guy from the India, owner, the American yeah. Dream, right? He decides to abandon all name recognition and name the place Chippendales. He names it after the furniture company they used to redesign the place. That's like the yeah. name of your club article. <laughs> Which we're open to. Article, if you want to sponsor the booth. <laughs> but like Chippendales? I know. But like Chippendales is like a style of like decoration. Is that right? Steve thinks it's super classy. Right. See, Banerjee, not right. my Steve. Right. Or I don't know if he does. I don't know. Oh, God. But let's go back to Dorothy Stratton. Yeah. Let's talk about Dorothy Stratton. At the time, Paul's girlfriend, Dorothy Stratton, was trying to make it as a playboy playmate. She was very sweet. Paul was her manager, and he was the one that submitted Dorothy's pictures to Playboy. And they started hanging out with Hugh Hefner up at the mansion. Like, everyone says she had this really sexy innocence to her, and she has the it factor. She was just one of those people where, like, oh, she has it. Yeah, you and know? Sandra, who we met earlier, who's, like, that older woman who's gorgeous now, was Hugh Hefner's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And she said, like, I used to see Dorothy at the mansion all the time, and she was like, I knew that if she wanted to and she played her cards right, she could really go places with this. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to say a real quick barf about Hugh Hefner. <laughs> just to, whenever you hear Even Hugh Even though Hefner, we just, just found out he had, like, a multi-decades boyfriend. 
boyfriend. He did? We just Apparently, we just found that out in some book. Oh, so he was being an asshole to everybody. Right. Wonderful. <laughs> I, barf, barf, barf. I so, Paul... <laughs> Bark. I do love it when you say bark. I ju- it's like he's so <laughs> disgusting yeah, he's and the it's worst. like just horrible. Yeah. So Paul Snyder is spending a lot of time at the mansion. And at the time, the Playboy bunnies were wearing the bunny ears and the wrist cuffs yes. and the collars. And Paul's like, he gets when inspired. Paul came up with the idea of using the cuffs and collars with Chippendales. We believe that this would give us some panache. In class. It's kind of interesting because every idea that everybody has for this Chippendale thing works. Nobody has a bad idea. Like, a lot of people get involved and put their stamp on it, and every single piece of it works. Like, if they just would have let it be Oh, God, it, I know. You know, like, uh-huh. because it all works until it doesn't. Yeah, uh-huh. And so, like, for example, Richard Barsh. Richard Barsh was the MC, the master yeah, of ceremonies. This fucking guy. <laughs> I received this phone call. From a producer friend of mine, he said, Richard, what are you doing tonight? I said, nothing right now. And he goes, well, can you get down here? I need you to come down and MC at this nightclub. And I said, well, what is it? He goes, well, I'll explain it to you when you get here. And he was told it's a strip contest, the men's strip for the women. And he goes, oh, boy. Okay. All he's right. like the sweetest old nerd. I'm like, how did you get yourself involved in the Chippendales? But he's also like... He's great at it. So what happens next is kind of amazing. It, it is a moment, right? There are these women, rabid, foaming at the mouth, ready uh-huh. for the men. These women are horny. Like, lying to their husbands about where <laughs> they're know, going. Like, they are there to make bad decisions and bad decisions only. And what's amazing, like, this was before camera phones and Facebook, where, like, every picture ended up on the internet. Like, good for them. And they're good coming for them. out of the 70s, where everything goes. Totally. Like, they don't know what's coming down the pike in the it's 80s, true. you know? So they're just like, no one knows where I am. Uh-huh. My husband thinks I'm out for girls' night. Meanwhile. <laughs> While I am, but it's crazy. I'm a humping. I'm a humping. Yeah, and they, like they do. I know. Like they're humping. like there should be rules about who I can know. touch who. But the men are like full on making out with these women. And we should be clear: like a lot of these women are beautiful. Some of them are like in their nineties, though. Like, <laughs> which is not to say you can't be beautiful in your nineties. I'm just saying that like these men are they are making out with everybody, and they're like picking them up and yes. being really rough with them. It's uh-huh. like a lot. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Um, you know who would not have enjoyed this? Me, Julian. <laughs> Mike, you never have to worry about Jillian sneaking off for a night at the Chippendales. Chippendales. They do nothing for me. Nothing. Don't touch me. Don't, don't, don't. don't. What are you looking at me? Uh uh. Uh uh. So this Richard guy, he goes, and this is truly like a moment. Exactly what you were saying. Like things just weren't, like it was all sort of meant to happen. So I went out there and I said, uh, there are three magic words we're going to use tonight. I'm going to say, what do you want him to do? And they screamed without me even telling them, take it off. I went, oh, oh my God. It's just unbelievable. It was like a switch flipped and it was just chaos down here. Yeah, yeah, like it was yeah. true naked make out humpy chaos. And what Richard is telling us is that it was all fun and games. It was all amazing until the fucking cops. The cops? Show. Fuck. Is there something they I don't know. ruin? Cops are the worst. So they show up and they're like, this is an illegal performance. Yeah. So they they arrest everybody. They arrest the men. I guess they break up the fight. I guess now you all know how it was to be in a fucking gay bar in the 60s. Uh, right. The lights come on. But, bro, but so they're like, they're arresting them for nudity and indecent exposure. Bruce the lawyer yeah. says, we were so new at this, we didn't bother looking into the laws. Bruce, 
<laughs> I mean, you're a I've, lawyer. Everyone else in this scenario is off the hook except for you, Bruce. Bruce. You're the one. Why is Bruce the lawyer today telling me that? I didn't even with the laws. Oh, lawyer. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's where that oh, word I comes see. from. <laughs> okay, law. I see. Okay. I, I understand wow. now. Wow. I understand now. So Steve Banerjee's a mess. Lawyer Bruce has to come down and save the day. So we bailed him out and we hired an alcohol beverage commission lawyer who understood the system much better than I did. And the whole thing is that, like, what the big problem was was that they were letting the men and the women touch each other in a place where they serve alcohol. Those rules. It's like when you go to a bar and it's like no dancing allowed. But Give me a break. I know. You I need a cabaret like, license. If Shut this up. was the other way around, though, like, we want to protect the women. Don't fucking touch them. I, I completely <laughs> you know, understand. The double standard here is, a little, is very double. It's very double, but it's also like it was known yeah. that you're going to be, like, on these guys' laps and they're going to be taking you. Like, totally. It's a very dangerous and very slippery slope. Yes, yes. And and like, in all honesty, like, let's get our ducks in a row before we open a place like this. You know what I mean? Or can they just stay on stage for right. a while? Yeah, exactly. Do, must they be dry humping these? I just said the term I hated. <laughs> I but like, honestly, you got when you see this footage, it's aggressively yeah. humpy. It's very, very humpy. And, but they're like grabbing faces and licking. Like, there's a moment where a guy is licking this woman's face all around and her face. And she's like, oh, God. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. It's very aggressive. I know. It's like it's they're trying to scratch, like, scratch an itch that they yeah, just yeah. can't get. It's like right on your back. Like, oh, God, I can't get it. Like, yeah. the, it's weird. It is weird. But guess what? Richard turns lemon into lemonades because he's like, look, it sucks that we got shut down last night. But you know what this act needs? A fucking cop. He's like we costumes, characters, <laughs> choreo, a storyline. Yep. So Sandra tells the story of going there for the first time. Yes. Of course, it was a bachelorette party. My favorite thing about Sandra is she's like, well, I mean, of course, we walked right to the front of the line of all the women waiting. We I'm went Sandra. in because we don't fucking wait. And then Sandra goes, but wait, where in the world do women ever wait to get into a club? What's going on in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hmm. did you guys hear that GP belly laugh? We only get that every so often. <laughs> that is not true. Um, so they're saying this is where I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't get it. It was incredibly intoxicating. Did you know Los Angeles had its very own legendary lover? With the dancers, they catered to every woman's fantasy what would be her favorite. Rest of us come as Sorrow? Like, okay. <laughs> Cops? Like, who who has a cop fantasy? Cowboys? I can understand. Totally. <laughs> but I was like, Doro? It's just, it's not the job, it's the uniform. I think, a, like, a uniform like that is very sexy. Because mm. there's, like, lots of layers. But you it, get feels, to... there, it feels like there's a, too much plastic. There's a lot to get through. <laughs> but it's you know, like... like, you gotta put down the pepper spray and the nightstick <laughs> and the gun and the badge. The badge can poke you. you gotta just, be real careful. But like, also, like, it's naughty, because, like, if he's in the uniform, he's probably at work and shouldn't be doing this. Mm. You know what I mean? I got nothing. No, I know. Nothing's I know. happening down there. Not a thing. <laughs> so Sandra's with me. Yeah. She's like, well, half with me. Because she goes, Zorro didn't do it for me. I ended up taking the cop home with totally. me that night. Yeah. Sandra. But I got to say, too, like, Sandra, you must have been really something because of all the 500 women in the joint, the cop went home with you. Right. You know? And we learned, though, that, like, these guys were so accessible to them. Yes. Like, the touching yes. and kissing and all that. But, like, the women felt great about I it. Know. They were happy to be there, again, lying about where they were. At one point, there's a woman who goes, you want a dollar? Take it off. <laughs> Half a queen showed up to Chippendales. I know. And we just get, like, 15 minutes of, like, how the tables were finally turned. Yes. And the women get to, like, shake the dollar at the men and make demands or whatever. It just opened up a whole new world for women. That was it. Me and my best friend went every single weekend. 
we became Chippendale groupies. <laughs> I feel like Nancy had the corner table, totally, bottle service, totally. and the dancers came to her. Yes. To- Spin 100%. around. Let me see it. Those like, pictures of Nancy from back in the day are crazy. She is not in the front of the crowd. Yeah. She's yeah, at the yeah. pool table. Totally. Bring me the cup real quick. Let me see Zara. I want to see him spin. That's Sandra. Also, these women were begging, begging these men to go home with them. Offering $20,000 for sperm. <laughs> your husband thinks you're at book club. I know. I it know. It is wild. So, like, the point is that Richard the MC took Paul Snyder's idea and yes. sort of blew it up into this massive massive success. Yeah, and then we get about 60 seconds of this thing I want to talk about for an hour. The men? Men are barred from the club. Right. Everyone is saying, look, this is a, a safe space for women. They're in charge. They're the ones in power. And if they let men in, women wouldn't feel so free. And like, no one ever, like, even the, the dancers are like, oh, the women tip us and they touch us and they wouldn't do this if their husbands were here. No one is saying that like, these men don't want gay men there. Like, that's very apparent to me. Yes, a lot of it is that. Yeah. But I do want to just say as the woman in the room yeah. that that atmosphere like the dancers know what's going on yes the dancers know they're at work yes the dancers are working for tips if men come in there and there's a blurred line uh-huh. about who's doing what and uh-huh. they think oh she's horny for Zaro yeah that doesn't mean she's fucking horny for you 100%, so 100%. it is a blur I do think like a lot of it we're not talking about the gay shit because the rest of it I totally agree with yeah. create a safe space for women to go and be their horny selves I fucking when love the that the roles are so defined yeah. yes you know but I just want someone to say someone address the gay thing that's all I just want two seconds of somebody being like and these guys in the 80s didn't want to dance for gay guys like the podcast goes into it oh do they yeah the podcast goes into a lot of things that we touch on for like five seconds uh-huh, in here they uh-huh. do like full episodes on yeah it. that's why podcasts are better you guys yeah <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> oh, do you guys us. like our hour-long episode about this 45 <laughs> minute episode <laughs> about men so and the thing is like steve Banerjee is trying to really enforce the idea no men allowed at all but ladies nights are common but you can't enforce them the way steve Banerjee was because uh-huh. it's illegal right. you actually can't do it and right. steve's like oh, and I'm he did it. it and like he says that like his legal bills were like over a million dollars a year because he would just like get cited and like get tickets and stuff and then bruce would take care of it well also the neighborhood was up in <laughs> yeah. arms there'd be tons of neighbor complaints there'd be liquor bottles and um abandoned condoms and needles that was a daily occurrence. God bless people. They all have their propensities. I'm not blaming the victims, but like, what are you thinking moving into a neighborhood with a nightclub? You know what I mean? I have to assume they were there first. <laughs> you think so? Chippendales <laughs> just opened a month ago. No, but like there was there was a nightclub before. It was like that fantasy tour or whatever it was I called. Yes, but like, <laughs> come on. Use condom. Take your trash with you. Why was everybody so horny? They were like the horniest. I guess because there was no internet porn. I mean that seriously. I guess. You know what I mean? It wasn't as... Available. readily available. Yeah. But wait, remember how there was no men allowed into the club? Oh. They broke that rule for one guy. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> Barf. Hugh um, Hefter wants to come check it out and Steve, the owner, is very thrilled to accommodate. Yeah, Hef wasn't even mad that they stole the outfits from I know. the Playboy bunnies. Yeah. He, he thinks it's adorable. He thinks that he likes anything that's weird and taboo and whatever and like he gets to come to the club and everybody is thrilled. Right. So within six months, this is growing, right? It was, a, yeah. it was male strippers five times a week because it started like maybe Friday night, maybe this, and yeah, now yeah, it was yeah. like a full-time male strip club, right? Yep. 500 people a night making money hand over fist. It was a total cash cow. Steve Batterjee's over the moon. This is a person that comes from a different country that's trying to succeed in the American dream who fell into something that was big. Not It didn't grow year after year after year. It started and within a year it was pretty sizable. It was obvious 
at that point that he had goals of growing it bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're back to Dorothy Stratton. All right, so it's April 1980. Dorothy Stratton is named Playmate of the Year, and she and that guy Paul, that, like, drip Paul, they got married, like, right before her career started to take off. And she's Hugh Hefner's, like, go-to girl at this point. And everybody fucking hates Paul. And they really go into this in the movie Star 80, but, like, they really tried to keep, like, Paul would be with her at the mansion and for, like, these press events, but they would, like, put Paul over here and put Hef next to her. Yeah. And, like, he very much felt like he discovered her, he made her famous, And, like, everybody wants Paul out of the picture. Well, everyone is trying to help Dorothy become a star, except for her husband. Exactly. But he kept just reaching for her. He just had to have a piece of her. The whole time, though, she had to save face and keep smiling. He became such a nuisance and such a hindrance. They tried everything to get rid of him. Everyone yeah. has had a friend who has that boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or whatever where you're just like, what? Oh, they're coming? Well, because Ugh. he wants to be the one to make her famous. Like, right. he was her manager. He wanted to be that guy. He Maybe he got her into the party, but then, like, Hef was like, you're a star, and, like, he was going to do it without him. And so he's already a nightmare to begin with, yeah. right? Then yeah. he starts with the drinking and the drugs. His ego is becoming out of control. He's he's so insecure that it's, like, ruining his life and everyone's life around him. Yeah. So Steve Banerjee's like, you got to go. Like, he fires him. Which is kind of crazy because, like, Chippendales is blowing up. Up, and it really was this guy Paul's idea. And like, this is the beginning of a chain of events that like sets all this craziness into motion. But Paul sucks. He sucks. I'm not saying he's a good person. Yeah. But like, I can imagine like the dejection of being like, this was my idea. You guys kind of took it away from me and now you're kicking me out and I can't have any part of it. Like, it's all bad. Yeah, it's throwing gasoline on that fire. That's totally. already kind of out totally, of Totally, totally. So remember, so keep that just in the back of your mind because we're going back to Michael Rapp, the, the star dancer. The whole idea of building muscle was important to me. You know, it was the one thing that I wanted. Well, let me be <laughs> let me be honest here. It was in a close tie with the second thing I wanted, and that was women. I love this guy. I was like, it didn't make any sense to me why we were getting this guy's backstory, but oh. I was happy to go with it because he was so sweet. He wanted to have big muscles and get a lot of women in <laughs> yeah. that order. Muscles first, I know. then the women. But we get his whole backstory. Like, he grew up in East LA, which was a Mexican neighborhood, but he's like, I have a German last name and green eyes. He grew up really poor and he was like really, really bad at school because he was dyslexic. Yeah. And I can guarantee you he didn't know he was dyslexic at the time. Oh, like, no He's come into way. that knowledge later. Yeah, he was the problem yeah. kid. It's very frustrating. But I gotta say, like, having a dyslexic kid who we have all the services for I can see how she would be if we didn't know and we just thought like she just wasn't paying like she wasn't trying hard enough and that's what he said his growing up life was like he would walk into a classroom and try to find like a corner to hide in I mean same like that I completely understand Uh, ADHD and and dyslexia are totally different but there's still that part of like it's frustrating that I can't do it I want to do it Uh uh and no one is no one knows what it is but the one place where Paul like found refuge was the fucking weight room weight room I love it and I do like it is it was like a religious experience Experience for him to like work out the first time, right? It's so beautiful when people find something where they're like, "I feel I know. like I belong," and yeah. finally, it was like something for him, and it was like meditative, and it made, just made him feel good about himself. Totally awesome. Yeah. So he comes across an article about Chippendales being shut down for being overcrowded, <laughs> and he's like, "I want to work there." This guy jumps in his car faster than you can say Chippendales. <laughs> faster than you can say, take it off. <laughs> But he's like, wait, 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 wait a second. Yeah. I have the muscles. I want to meet the women. Chip and Dale's the muscles and the women. Totally. To him, it was a no-brainer. He, like, drives to this area of Hollywood. He, like, parks his car. So I go inside, and there's who I would find out later is Steve Banerjee. And he's sitting behind his desk, and he's just got stacks of money in front of him. And all of a sudden, he just looks up, and he goes, 
oh, okay, start tomorrow. And, and goes right back to whatever he was doing on his desk. And Michael's like, he's thrilled, can't wait to start. His first night, he, they're like, so you have to talk to the women and yeah. interact with them and hump yeah. them and make out with them. And he's <laughs> right. like, oh, I what? Because he was a host. He wasn't a dancer. A host, I think, is kind of like a waiter. Like, you're walking around and, like, talking to the yeah, people. Yeah. You're, like, not, like, in the you're dance like show. You're like a cocktail waitress, only a, you're a guy doing it at Chippendale. Exactly. So he's psyched to have the job, but he's like, I literally don't know how to talk to people. And I'm like, Michael, you're such a cutie. Right. You're I, talking right to my soul right now. Yeah, he's adorable. And so th- he's a nervous wreck, right? So Rich, the MC, yeah. introduces him as a nutritionist. <laughs> which is great um, but the women go wild because of course they did that's what they're yeah, there for you exactly. could say like here he's he's an accountant they'd be like oh my god <laughs> like that's what they want they don't it's... care who it is they are at a boil so Michael was a star from the get go like yeah. he was just a natural he just found his calling he's emotional about it he's to like this crying day. about it now he's like I was just some kid from East LA and now I'm Chippendales is me and I am it <laughs> <laughs> it is me and I am it <laughs> Can you imagine, like, I'm not saying this, I'm not making fun of him, I love it. Can you imagine that, like, you spend your life kind of feeling bad about yourself, and then one day you realize you can get naked in front of ladies for money, and it, like, completely changes your world. But, like, finding something that so perfectly melds the two things that were the most important to you, and then you find it and you're making a zillion dollars, like, come on, jackpot, that's the fucking American dream. I was just gonna say, remember Nancy? I do. The one in the corner table, the cool one who's there every weekend with her girls, and I'm like, Nancy, aren't you too cool for this? Well, Michael notices Nancy. I had never seen a girl like this where I come from. Michael came across as very mysterious and quiet. I would see him looking at me, but he never came up to me and talked to me like the other ones. So I became intrigued by him. The whole world stops. They see each other. Like, and the thing is, she was there all the time, and she yes. tipped like a Rockefeller. So I was like, she where loved she, them. What did she do? Did she come from money? Nancy, what's your backstory? Like, everybody knew her. It was yeah. like, oh my god, Nancy's here. Like, they were all excited <laughs> right. to see her. And so Nancy asks Michael to dance to a slow song, yeah. and the rest is history. You guys, they get fucking married. I was like, oh my god. Also, they're not interviewed together. <laughs> Will I have a feeling we're going to understand why sooner than later. I mean, we can see where this is yeah. going, <laughs> right? right? He works at Chippendales. So they're super in love. This goes on and on and on. And then now we just like take a sharp left turn because it's yeah. August 14th, 1980. And Paul Snyder and Dorothy Stratton have divorced. All of a sudden, she was rising to stardom by herself. And he saw her slipping away. She was driven to become an actress and become a star. And she recognized that Paul was not the one that was going to go that distance with her. And so we learn that, like, basically they had separated. She was, like, rising to stardom without him. Like, we see her on The Tonight Show. Yeah. She's on the cover of Playboy. She was on Carson. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. And, like, but he was obsessed he, also, with her. Also, Carson was, like, super condescending to her. I did not I like know, it. I know, I know. But, like, the, to be on that show. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But, like, he was obsessed with her in not the good way. He didn't want her to have any success, especially if it didn't involve him at all. Exactly. Playboy Magazine's 1980 Playmate of the Year has been found shot to death, killed apparently by her estranged husband who then killed himself and so like what we know is that she went to his house to sort of say like you gotta let me go like you gotta like let me out of this marriage and you know Sandra tells us that like what we know is that he tied her up and tortured her for hours and then shot her face off before killing himself ask me again why you just don't leave 
This yeah, is why. I know. Like, she divorced him. She, yeah. was, she had a great support system. She had people who loved her and who supported her. But this guy, if no one could have her, yes. like, she couldn't even have herself. Yeah. Like, this guy is such a piece of shit. And so, but then. I don't mean to take anything away from Dorothy Stratton, but can I just say, we just, like, looked into each other's eyes and screaming about something that we were, like, really passionate yeah. about. I was like, fuck yes. Fuck yes. That's why we're fucking doing this. this. Holy doing. shit. We're this is <laughs> It is us and we are it. Fuck, let's go to Chippendale. <laughs> It's not often during a recording that we like lock eyes, but it, it just happens. It truly felt like we were holding hands and driving off the cliff in that moment. Yeah, we were Thelma and Louise true. in that very moment. Like, this is it. Girl. How did we do this apart for fucking two years? I don't know. Jesus. Two. Anyway. I know. <laughs> um, but the thing is, so he killed her yeah. and then himself. Yes. And again, if you want more information, go watch that movie, Star Idiots. Really, really good. I think it's Muriel Hemingway plays her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now we're jumping to October 1981. The success in L.A. gave us money to expand. And Steve wanted New York. Because you're nobody if you don't have a club in New York. They're just saying that, like, look, he's got a big club in L.A., but that's number two, baby. Studio 54 is where it is at. And also, think about the time, right? Yeah. 82, like, Studio 54 was kind of on its last gasp, and it's like, what a totally. better way. Like, let's be the new yeah. Studio 54. I'll tell the Patreon fam, because you guys are my friends and you're not going to, like, stalk me and kill me, but I live on 54th Street. You know, not, like, right on top of Studio 54, but whenever I see, like, old footage of Studio 54, I'm like, I live just a couple blocks right that there. way. Like, what was going on in my building? My building was there. Yeah. I kind of pictured my building from the 30s. Lots of sex and lots of coke totally oh my god like the 50s in new york city in the 70s holy shit oh my god I know. Uh, so enter nick denoya nick denoya was a producer from new york who did children's television something called unicorn tales for which he won an emmy i was like you won an emmy do you know fontana <laughs> Has not won an Emmy. She was nominated for her editing work on Amazing Race or whatever. A show I hosted won some New York Emmys. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when I was an on-camera host back in the day. It doesn't matter. So... It's fine. Uh, so he's a producer, a choreographer, and he's going to be producing the show. And Richard, the MC, who came up with the whole, like, what are the three words? And it yeah. was like magic. Yeah. Richard, the MC is like, hi, uh, there already is a show. To be clear, what happened was like Paul had this idea for like a male strip show. They hired Richard. Richard was like, let me take this and make it like a really fucking great show. And he did. And he blows this thing up. He directs it. He choreographs it. He comes up with like really cool things. Then in order to get into New York, they need a New York partner. And that's who this Nick guy is. And Nick is like, well, let me come to L. LA, completely revamp the fucking show and then I'll take it to New York and Richard's like describes coming in and like fighting with Steve the owner being like this is my show like what do you mean direct and produce I've already done that what's this guy gonna do he's like what do unicorns have to do with anything we're doing you want a, guy, a unicorn I'll get a unicorn costume but like it's and he worked really hard on it and he made it really successful and he has this really sad moment where he's like I think I went home and I was emotional when I got home I'm emotional now cause I knew there was no coming back. There was no coming back. Once Nick got in there, that was it. I was out. But he also says, I also believe in karma. And he's like, I'm just saying that Nick and Steve got theirs. Which is Richard. like, if you know what's coming, I know, Richard, I know. if you believe in karma, don't say shit like that. I know. Richie. But Nick promised the world to everyone, to Steve, yeah. to the dancers. And Richard says to Steve, like before, like as he knows that, all right, this is all over, I'll just say it. He's like, this guy's fucking taking you for a ride, Steve. Yeah. Be careful. He's a snake in the grass. Yeah. And so the episode ends. We're with this dancer, Dan. He's like one of the Chippendale guys. And he tells us the story about going to a diner. Now, this is a huge, 
huge moment in this story. Yeah. It changes everything. It does. And it's Dan and Steve, the owner, and Nick, the new, like, director-producer. And they're sitting there, like, talking about getting the show to New York and how big the show's going to be and how Nick's going to make the show so big. Nick started writing on a napkin. And it was, like, three or four lines. It basically said, Steve Banerjee, owner of Chippendales, gives Nick DeNoia the right to take the show Chippendales on the road in perpetuity. Now, this is known as the napkin deal. And yeah. as a name, this yeah. is huge. So, like, Steve didn't know what he was signing. They right. say that Steve did not understand what the word perpetuity meant. And I was like, this is some shit that I would do. <laughs> because what's happening here is, like, the actual deal is if Nick can successfully get this show opened in New York, he will have the touring rights for this for forever. That's what in perpetuity means. It means for forever. Yeah. Uh, so someone says, that little napkin changed Chippendales forever. <laughs> and the thing is, it fucking did. Yeah. Like, everything comes back to that napkin. And Nick knew exactly what he was doing. We'll get into it next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fam, thanks for checking out episode one of the Chippendales. Listen, all of the episodes of this series are available right now in ad-free over on the Patreon. If you just got to find out what happened, yeah. head on over to our website, click on the Patreon link, or you can just go to patreon.com slash Obsessed. You get it all right there. Over 350 full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. That's absolutely right. And remember- Can you do it better in the outro than you did in the intro? I was free. The Gacy thing, the jinx, the vow, don't F with cats, uh-huh. Tiger King. Great. What's the one- Puppet with Master. The culty one. Murder at Starved Rock, he- Heaven's Gate. Yes, the vow. The vow, which the, I already said, I think. Also, the, um, the Scott Peterson one, where it's like from the perspective of maybe he's innocent. Uh-huh. Garbage. Garbage. (laughs) That's it. We love you all. Thank you so much for checking this out. Thank you. And remember, if you want this dollar, take it all. (laughs) 